0: You're listening to Alabama Tradition with Ryan Fowler and Martin Houston on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa.
1: Tradition, the past, present, future of the Alabama Crimson Tide as we count down the start of college football. So many different things to discuss. Martin Houston is going to be with me in just a couple of seconds. We're going to welcome him in to the conversation. There's so many, so many different things. We're counting down the days until Alabama goes out on that football field against Miami. 39 days away. And then we're about uh, 10 days away from the opening of. Fall camp here in Tuscaloosa, and we'll get to that uh, coming up here in just a couple of seconds. Uh, Martin Houston, national champion, winning fullback at the University of Alabama. Hey, Martin, I hope all is well. Welcome to the game in T-town. Welcome into the game. Uh, Alab- I don't know what it, it's such a habit, man. I, I don't. I know. I do it all the
2: time, man. I know.
1: <laughs> so I got I got fifty nine minutes to rebound myself until then. Yes,
2: so. yes, yes, absolutely. No, man, it's good to be in. Uh, You know, if if any of my normal morning listeners are tuned in, they haven't heard me this week. Uh, And, you know, you have to think, Ryan, how long have you known me? Uh,
1: Quite a a while, while, Yeah, quite a while,
2: yeah. Yeah. How many times have you known me to go out of town, take vacation, and get away for a minute? Uh, Well, uh, actually, I
1: just told – Kendall had walked around the glass and – we were we were actually you know Kendall's last day is later this week and I said well we're gonna have to go oh, and man. we're gonna have to go to Dreamland and I said uh, Martin's going to the beach I don't know if he's going down there for business or vacation I mean are you really going to the beach for vacation?
2: I'm trying I'm trying to vacation man. I'm really? Vacation. I- yeah. I'm
1: impressed I'm impressed I'm
2: impressed. Uh, <laughs> it only took me five six years to get there but hey uh, but no man I'm glad to glad to give spend a little time this afternoon and. With everything happening in the college football
1: world, well, it's it's crazy when you look at the uh, the way that everything has unfolded. Uh, We've been talking a lot today about Texas and Oklahoma and the fit, and we've even called it the biggest loser, biggest winner. uh, When you look at it, Uh, it's easy to talk about Texas a And M, you know, being the biggest loser uh, in this, and you could see by some of their reaction that they're they're not very happy that Texas is coming in uh, to the SEC.
2: I don't know if they're the biggest loser though man i think it may be lsu um okay yeah you know, i mean it, it just i hadn't put a lot of thought behind it but uh uh from a recruiting standpoint um lsu is gonna those kids they were pulling from texas um are not gonna come now maybe and alabama could be a big loser as well uh both on the the football side and the student side. Suppose we have about ten thousand students coming from Texas. But Ryan, think about it. What, what happens? What happened to Texas? Uh, Texas A&M immediately on the recruiting front when they were able to put that SEC brand behind their name. Um, and you know, Texas A&M, like you said, is an easy one. But it'd be interesting to see because LSU has, per capita, one of the biggest. Strongest recruiting basis, but they don't have a lot uh, of players per se. When you think about how many kids they pull from Texas and other places. So uh, they could be a potential loser. But the other guys, I think, is the, the, the have nots, Ryan, based on how they realign, could be the losers. If they realign and put Alabama and Auburn in the in, uh, East, who's the biggest loser then? You know, is it Georgia? Is it Florida? For Tennessee, they become at best number five. You know what I mean? So I guess it's really based on what all happens and how it all shakes out.
1: Well, and then when you, you know, you take a look at Alabama, I'm not saying that by no means, but we're not the biggest. Uh, but I, I do think that it'll be more challenges. For Alabama because I've often said it's not going to be one program that will take down the dynasty in Tuscaloosa it's everybody swinging the axe and chopping down the tree and it's not one swing it'll be a lot of different swings uh, you add Texas and Oklahoma uh, there'll be another challenge that Alabama will have to go and really that's the goal of all that's happening in college football is to introduce more parity into the game and this is probably no different.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, speaking of Alabama, running, you say that about swinging that the axe. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the lumberjack competitions where they do the team, um, the team chop. Sure. Uh, where, where, where one swings and when that one's bringing his back, the other one swinging, and it's just a constant motion. You know, it, it takes half the time. Uh, actually, it's, it's less than half the time because. The guy doesn't get as tired, and that's kind of the thing when you start thinking about Alabama. Now uh, is going to have Oklahoma be able to say, "Hey, you can play in the SEC." Texas be able to play, say, hey, "You can play in the SEC," and with name, image, and likeness, you know, Sark can can sell on Texas and the big big money alumni, but he also can sell on, "Hey, I, I went there and I learned the process. I know the process." And, and you know so it's so many not just the number of people chopping Ryan it's the way they can chop now look at the SEC have have you really looked thought about the SEC and and how many people have a connection to saving I mean well, just have you, just, have you, just, have just you from a yeah from a head coaching standpoint yeah mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty much his league now, and he only one what well, he has one loss amongst the current, you know, um,
1: and that's what, co- sixteen yeah. now. Yeah, Coach O is the only one.
2: Yeah, so I have fifteen coaches, but they're all selling that we now know the process, or you know, it's it's going to be an interesting time. But I think it's. I, I'm a shock, Ryan, that we didn't get here sooner. I think it's the precursor to super conferences. I thought that's where we were going to go when we saw the four, you know, four team playoffs. I thought that that was, to me, that was writing on the wall that we're going to have four major conferences. Because to me, it never made sense to have four opportunities to play, but you have five conferences. So one conference champion, no matter how good they were, were going to be left out every year anyway. And so to me, you're already saying that you know that that we're okay with having just four representatives. And of course now with the 12 team, I don't know if that's the case or not, but uh, but that's what I I thought when I saw the four, four teams. Of-
1: well, and, you know, Martin, when you think about the other losers, uh, when you look at Texas and Oklahoma, regardless of where they fit in in this SEC, let's say that you just plug them in the middle of the standings and you just plug them in and you say, okay, they're they're here in the SEC. Those teams that are, like, trying to be relevant, like an Ole Miss, well, they're, they're not going to finish ahead of Texas and Oklahoma, uh, and I'm talking about long-term. So it's like they take another step down. It's like they they trend down. So if I was a fan of those programs, I would be very jealous because Texas and Oklahoma, and it it will strictly be about attention that they will get. Texas gets all the attention now, and and they've really been irrelevant for quite a while.
2: Well, Ryan, but do we see see, uh, the Big 12 make a bold move and try to pull – Arkansas on the fact that hey your 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 conference just sold you out, Ole Miss they just sold you out. Hey, you guys would be perfect in the Big Twelve. Do we see some? If, if Texas and Oklahoma can leave? Um, you know, and we can say what well, want. The reality of it is they may not leave for the money, but if they go can go out to the – where would Ole Miss and Arkansas immediately be with the remaining Big Twelve teams?
1: Uh, probably, if, five, if, five, if, four or five. I mean, would that I think they would be yeah. I mean, probably if if I not mean, higher. Well, I mean, think about this: so if, if you remove Texas and Oklahoma, all right, right. and you got to put Arkansas, and this would be the remaining league: Iowa State, Oklahoma State, TCU, West Virginia, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Baylor, and Kansas. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, you you may take some of those middle tier teams in the SEC. And they might win the whole darn thing.
2: Right. I mean, kissing with Ole Miss all of a sudden is Baylor or TCU or Oklahoma. He's Gundy. He's as good or better than any coach in that league. And, you know, he's been recruiting SEC talent, so he knows what type of talent it takes. But what he did against Alabama last year, uh, he just didn't have the numbers to sustain it throughout the year. Um, yeah, so I don't be surprised. I mean, they're, they're either going to have to fight for their life, or they're going to. Oklahoma State and TCU right now has already called the Pac-12. You know, so they're going to have to try to make some bold moves to survive. <laughs> and so I would say the Big 12 is probably the biggest loser <laughs> of this whole thing at this point, unless they're able to find someone else to come in.
1: But well, it's going to be a big topic of conversation when we look at it. I've got some audio that I want to play from David Shaw out of the Pac-12, and we'll do that. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. This is Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. I
0: You are listening to Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler. Your connection to Tuscaloosa and the University of Alabama Athletics on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Damn told tickling the sand, cold drink chilling in my right hand. Watching sleep in the evening light, resting up for a long, long night. Because when the sun goes down,
1: we'll be grooving. When the sun, so we welcome goes you back down. in the Alabama tradition the past, present, future, the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I, I want to go into this conversation here with David Shaw. Let's go to the Pac-12 media days. It's happening. And I'm going to share two comments coming out of there, but this was the uh, David Shaw, and he was asked about it. Well, I'll just play the audio from David Shaw uh, talking about name, image, and likeness, and uh, then we'll react to it here with David Shaw, uh, the Stanford head coach.
0: A recent event uh, was quoted as saying that his quarterback, Bryce Young, is near seven figures in NIL deals for just What's your gut reaction when you hear those kind of numbers?
3: Uh, my gut reaction is on multiple levels. First of all, Nick Saban is smarter than any ten of us in this room combined. Um, and so there's no way that that was a, just a, a throw-in. Uh, is obvious to me. Uh, Nick wanted to plant that and make sure people knew that. Um, it's a great way to recruit people to come to, to you, which the guy hasn't started a college football game, and he's already signed a whole bunch of deals to make money. Um to me, I don't think that's what this whole thing is supposed to be about. Um, uh, I don't believe that that is true market value. I think that's Alabama value. Um, but that's not market value for an individual, which was what this is supposed to be about. I'm not saying it's wrong. Um, uh, I, in my, my mind, when I look at this, it is a combination of your personality, who you are, and what you've accomplished in order to create opportunities for yourself. Um, And uh, that, to me, is kind of putting the cart before the horse. And it's all legal. It's fine now. Um, Nick mentioning that at the media day is a great way to kickstart your recruiting, especially if you're recruiting another high-caliber quarterback, uh, as we all know that they are. Um, So uh, it wasn't accidental. Um, Many of us around college football just kind of shrugged our shoulders and said, is this really what we want to be doing? Um, I I wonder about the people who are engaging um, in high-value deals like that. Um, I know a lot of business people, and I wonder what their return is on that investment. That's a major investment. That's a high-dollar-value investment. What are they getting back from that? Um, Because over time, that's not a wise thing to do business-wise, is to give a college athlete a whole bunch of money if you're not getting anything in return. Um, So uh, as many people kind of chuckled when I saw that, um, there will be very few people around the country that have those opportunities. And I wonder, too, after this era right now, this this year will these things happen, if people will continue to do that going forward. Um, Because I still wonder, what do you get back from giving a student athlete a whole bunch of money? Does that help your business? If it does, great. But if that's not a great business model for you, then how is that sustainable? Um, so uh, that, that's part of what we all knew was going to happen. There are going to be a few of those stories over this year. My guess is there will be fewer of those stories in the, in the, in the following year. Um, there will be more, in, my, in particular, those juniors and seniors that are established, that have a chance to go on and do something beyond college football. Those, to me, are the ones that will have those deals, not guys that haven't started a game yet.
1: Martin, uh, I'd love for you to react because I know this is a uh, uh, very—I won't say soapbox, but I mean it's—it's it's something that you you're very passionate about. Uh, David Shaw, Stanford head coach, what do you think?
2: Well, a couple of things. There, first of all, um, for him to say it's not true value, it's Alabama value. Well, isn't that why kids choose Stanford for academics? Is—is—is is, is the kid at Stanford? necessarily uh, smarter than someone else at another school? Maybe, maybe not. But the fact that they have Stanford on their paper gets them in more doors, right?
1: Sure.
2: And and and, and so schools invest in them to get them to come. And so, you know, so that, that's my first thing is, of course, it's Alabama value. And Nick talked about that script day at the event um, I went to where he talked about that a is iconic and it's the you know number one brand in college uh, on college campuses a million more followers than anyone else so so yes coach David understands it I do uh, do like to say that he recognizes that this is this is where we're at Sounding like there may be a little bit of animosity there uh, in terms of, of you know um, you know that the Nick- as he said it, and, and I, I, I like to say that he recognizes Coach Saban doesn't do anything by the uh, He absolutely, you know, dropped that bomb on purpose. But, but and I, I say this carefully, but I, thought, I heard that socialism again in this. It's none of your business whether that model works. I mean, don't be a hater. If, if someone is giving him a million-dollar deal, or multiple people, then hopefully they're they're smart enough to know whether or not it's good or not, right, Ryan? And you you and I know for a fact that there's been people giving players money at all levels at all schools for years, right? With no return. Do you understand that some of these people uh, have so much money, Ryan, that their return is the fact? that they're going to get to shake hands and hop and sit down and talk with and take a picture with and show their friends that they know Bryce Young. That's, that that, that and, and, and for him to say it's just going to be the juniors and seniors, he doesn't understand how this works. Actually, it's going to be the hot shot young guys that they get three years at Alabama and then they position themselves to be the one that that player signs with, re-signs with when they go on because the deals can't go beyond their college years. But who are you going to sign with, the guy that's been with you for three years or some new guy that comes in? So uh, I think he, he may be a little off on just the juniors and the seniors. I think you're going to see incoming guys or even high school guys getting deals as well when you have those superstars.
1: Well, Martin, when you when you think about you know David Shaw and you think about, to me, he's countering his own recruiting pitch. It said, hey, you know, don't don't come here because that may not be our value. That's Alabama value. In other words, he's talking on a national stage, and he's almost persuading people. Hey, go look at that Alabama brand. I mean, we, we are no doubt in his head. And I thought he said when you look at college coaches, he said, you know, most of us shrugged our shoulders at that deal. That's all about recruiting. And I'm thinking, yeah, you may have shrugged your shoulders, but you either embrace it or you'll get left behind in this name, image, and likeness.
2: Totally it is. Coach, what does Coach Saban call them? Dinosaurs. And he says you don't see dinosaurs on the way to work in the morning, um, and you won't see dinosaurs on the sidelines uh, of, of college school. Some will not be able to make this adjustment, Ryan. I, I'm, I am predicting that you're going to see college programs begin to get some of these high-profile NFL coaches that are getting turned down, potentially, for NFL jobs? Um, Or think about uh, Jeremy Pruitt now, Ryan. He's getting experience where? NFL. NFL. Does Jeremy Pruitt become a hotter commodity uh, after a stint with the Giants than he would have been if he had stayed at a struggling Tennessee does he, does he get the fact that he's connected with Nick Saban, he took over a laughable uh, Tennessee program, so it really doesn't hurt him per se, and then he went to the NFL, and now he's learned how to deal with players who are getting paid and, and all of this and managing all those personalities? That's what he's learning right now. So he may be even more valuable to a college program now than he would have been if he had had decent success at Tennessee. So, I think you're going to see guys like that or some of these guys that don't get the jobs when they're interviewing end up back because Nick Saban talked about managing, and, and a specific example he used was Aaron Rodgers. He said Aaron Rodgers makes $25 million. The guard makes $1 million. Aaron Rodgers gets millions of endorsements. The guard gets no endorsements. But they have to figure out how to play on the team. And I've had experience managing that. And I've told my players to go out and get agents uh, to help them and help them uh, make this landscape, and it's here and it's not going away. So we might as well make the most of it and learn how to adapt to the new era we're in in college football because it's not going away. And if anything, we're going to see players being paid in the near future. And that's not me saying that. That was what he said.
1: Doesn't that separate? the haves and the have-nots? Because I don't know if these other programs that we talk about sometimes the middle of the road, I don't know if they can keep
2: up. Well, well, I mean, Brian, if if, if, you know what we were talking earlier? Yes, it does, to answer your question. Yes, I think it's going to separate the haves and the have-nots. But here's the question. Who are the have-nots now? Okay? Oklahoma State now has access to – as much money as anybody, you know who else does in the SEC? Arkansas. Will Will the uh, Walden family get behind Arkansas football now, and maybe they convince them to make the move back to the Big 12, one of the original, you know, at, uh, Southwest Conference teams? Maybe we, they say, "Hey, we'll come in and we'll support you. We'll we'll support your players. we we'll, I mean, there's so many variables out there right now that we don't even know are going to come into play and the have-nots, Ryan, I do not believe will be just based on the conferences anymore and on um, where you're at. It's going to be which alumni and boosters that they can partner with and which coaches embrace this and don't fight it And, and, and which universities embrace it and don't fight it and what you're going to see is some partnerships between those universities, those boosters, and you're going to see – I think you're going to see a few player, players – few of the maybe old school teams all of a sudden start making some noise because they're going to use it to recruit. Like like old school being uh,
1: some of these teams that just
2: – Like Arkansas, who's been around forever. I, I mean – they, they just can't get traction in the SEC, right? But can they get traction all of a sudden, Ryan, if they're able to, to offer uh, kids from Oklahoma and from Texas and from Alabama and other places, you don't have to just come to Arkansas to play football now. You can come to Arkansas, and we got a name, image, and likeness with the richest family, one of the richest families in the country. Now, all of a sudden, that five-star that would not have even considered playing football at Arkansas, realize I can go to Arkansas and play and make three, four million dollars on my way to the NFL uh, while I'm in college because of the Walden family. That's what I meant by like an old school program. It won't just be, you know, the ones that are good right now. You're going to see some, some of those that have been hanging around. But then you're going to have the organs of the world that have access to Nike. And Maryland, who has access to Under Armour, there's a lot of Nikes and Under Armour people out there that right now have been behind the scenes, and we don't know, but they love their college football in their colleges, and they're going to step up to help them become relevant because they got money to waste.
1: Very big possibility. Uh, I So, uh, we're an Oregon player. I believe it was Thibodeau uh, earlier today. talked about uh, getting a phone call from Phil Knight and – You're right, I mean, and the landscape of college football, I just don't know where it will be. I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm just saying I don't know where it will be five years from now. I mean, whether we're talking about – go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: Hey, no, 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 listen to this. Think about – think about what's one of the most iconic plays in Alabama history. Goal line stand, second and 26. Oh, stop at second and 26. What year was those two kids that made that play? Uh, Tua and Devonte Smith. Yeah, what year were they when they made that play? Uh, true freshman. How many years could they have made money off oh, of that one? Oh. See, see, nobody's talking about that. Daniel Moore had he? he I mean, Tua and De- Devonte Smith could commission second and twenty-six themselves now. So now you tell a kid, hey, you come to Arkansas and you're a playmaker, you can create your own money by creating the plays that, through the plays you make on the field and then commissioning that into artwork. Nobody's talking about – I mean, those th- are things that have nothing to do with a booster, with an alumni. How much money would Tua and Devontae have made off a of second and oh, two-six? Well, and
1: you almost wonder if it would change – like, okay, because if you gave them some money, I'm not saying that Tua passes up being a number fifth overall pick, but in other scenarios, let's say that you're a border uh, between a first and a second round, yes. but you're able to put some money in your pocket, do, are you as quick to leave if you know that you've got some security here?
2: Um, There's four or five guys that Nick Saban has tried to talk into that would have played another year at Alabama. Easy easier. No one's talking about, I think that you're going to see those types of guys staying for another year, Ryan, because when all of a sudden you go, hey, listen, you, this is what you've done in Alabama. You can commission this. You've made this kind of money. This is what you're going to, if you come back for another year, this is what you'll make. Because how many guys have left because mom and dad were in a financial strait and they just couldn't make it one more year, Ryan? We've talked about those kids on the radio that have said, I'm I'm having to leave, not because I'm ready to go, but I I just, I got to take care of my family. You know, whether it's a mistake, intentional, whatever, I have a baby, I have a wife, or I have a daughter, or or my parents um, are are struggling. Well, guess what? Right, I figured up (laughs) just goofing off, not even, just, just, I, I probably could have made a quarter of a million dollars speaking easy while I was here. Right. I mean, I okay. would, would have had a professional speaking business established by the time I left. And probably more than that. If, if Because there was things I didn't do and couldn't do because I just didn't. I mean, you got gas money, but all of a sudden, if you're intentional about it and you're trying to get more speaking engagements, you could be somewhere every weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, 52 times a, a, a year, you could go somewhere and speak if you wanted to on a Sunday and, you know, make a thousand dollars. That's $52,000. You multiply that times, you know, uh, four years, five years. All of a sudden you're looking at a quarter of a million dollars. And that's if you just charge a thousand in which it, it, you would be in more demand. The more you spoke and the more demand and more you speak, the more you charge. I mean, I know people make it five twenty five thousand dollars of speaking engagement, so it's just it's, it's a it's well, a good but, time to be a player.
1: But think about I mean, just the landscape of college football with all this because two years in, we're going to know a lot more about name, image, and likeness. We're going to know a lot more about expansion of playoffs. We're going to see conference realignment. I mean, five years from now. Uh, we may or may not better recognize this great sport that we love so much, and I'm not saying bad. I'm just saying uh, that it's uh, it's going to be different uh, when you look at the world of college football.
2: Yeah, how do we get here, Ryan? Thinking that when the name, image, and likeness bomb dropped, that that would be the probably the biggest single change uh, we've seen, and then within a uh, two weeks of that or three weeks of that, two of the cornerstone programs of one of the uh, big five conferences are, are walking away, and then you have Coach Saban saying that paying players is just around the corner. We have no idea what is going to change. And it may very well look and feel different, Ryan. It very well may be a, you know, semi-pro version or something of, of, of what we love, and kids may be in school or they may just represent a school. It may be D league, G league, whatever we want to call it, uh, but it, it it very well may be different. The question is, will they make enough money, Ryan, to to make to, to prevent them from being hungry enough to want to be to the pros? Because I think that's the magic of college football. Like like in in, in basketball, you get to play your games. And if you don't you get the GD league, the overseas, league. you know what I mean? You get all of these opportunities. And you know, minor league, you get all these. In football, you have a window of three to four, based on if you're a 5 guy, five years. And if it don't work, there's really nowhere to go. <laughs> uh, you know, you can go to the Canadian league, but, you know, um, it just, And it just, so hunger and the passion and the drive you see from college players, the question becomes, will that go away all of a sudden? No.
1: That's Martin Houston. We will continue here in just a couple of seconds. We're going to get back to a lot of different things and uh, some of the conversation coming out of the Pac-12. We'll talk about it from an Alabama perspective. This is Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide.
2: It's also you have fun. Have some fun, man. Talking
0: Alabama Crimson Tide football on Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide
4: 100.9 app. Well, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country sound.
1: I know this is the ESPN song, so I, I think about coming to your city when you think about the money uh, that the SEC will go back to ESPN and demand uh, with Texas and Oklahoma and the, and the amount of eyes. Because, you know, there's a reason why I think Texas is the most overrated college football program, at least in our lifetime. Uh, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan would have something to say about that ranking, uh, but you think about the eyes and it's all about that bias towards that dollar bill. Uh, when you look at the state of Texas, and, uh, hey, you get a big, rich alumni, you can market a lot of products. Uh, uh, this, T- this TV deal is going to be huge. It's going to be big, and uh, it will increase when you look at adding Texas and Oklahoma to it. Uh,
2: absolutely, Ryan, and that's sort where of the money is going to be absolutely crazy. Uh, the money that's tied to uh, the addition of Texas and, and Oklahoma. Uh, and this is definitely one of those cases where the rich will get richer. Oh, it,
1: it will. It will. Uh, Martin, I go back out to the Pac-12 for just a minute. I heard their uh, athletic director, excuse me, their commissioner of the Pac-12 making a statement, and he said, well, you know, my biggest concern right now is only 3% of college football players actually compete for a championship. And he kind of laid out all those different claims and these number crunches. And I'm sitting there driving down the road, and I, I, I plug in, I go back DVR, and I go, okay, I just want to make sure I heard you correctly, just to make sure. And dumb, dumb me, I wish I would have taped it, because I think it would have been uh, something that would have been kind of cool. Uh, but it was laying out the claim of why these teams don't participate. I'm going, hey, you're not good enough. I mean, it's very simple. You're, you're not good enough right now. So that's not an Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State fault. That's a problem because talent in the West Coast is big. I mean, l- look at the states that are in that conference. They should be a lot better. Uh, but as I'm sitting here listening to him, it's like excuse, 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 rather than pointing the finger at our own self and saying self-accountability.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's if- <laughs>
1: I think we may have lost him. Hey, let me put Martin back on hold there for just a second. We'll see if we can reconnect with him. But uh, Martin was driving down to the beach, and uh, we knew at some point that he was going to go without cell phone service. Uh, but but going back to the Pac-12 and just listening to them kind of make this rebuttal, it's like, okay, when you look at coaches out there, think about it. Back up a little bit. Like, tell me a coach out there that you're afraid of.
4: Mario Cristobal in his recruiting. best days, <laughs> in recruiting, yeah,
1: and and really that's it when you when you think about the the Pac twelve, Clay Helton no, Herm Edwards no,
4: I mean I, I'm scared of, I mean I'm scared I like, of Antonio Pierce <laughs> from but, Arizona State,
1: but but you just go through the list and it's like there's just a lot of just,
4: well that whole conference and and this is the way I've always put it I think it's a good conference. Because of the competition level, the quality of the football, there's a reason we on this side of the country love Pac-12 After Dark, uh, those of us that are big football fans anyway, uh, because the quality of the games are good. But that comes at at a price because the second to worst team can beat the top team on any given Saturday and it doesn't feel out of place because... The Pac-12 lacks in elite programs. That's their number one problem. They have good football. They have good football coaches, uh, but they just don't have that elite program just yet. They can't get out of their own way on it.
1: Well, and, and but you but you go through the list of of coaches out there. Like, there's nobody that really, you know, we were talking about fearing, but I would be willing to say, now listen, dedicated college football fans. But I, if you walked up to a college football fan. And you said, give me four coaches in the in the Pac-12. I think there's a lot of people. Well, I don't that...
4: think people could name four coaches in the Pac-12. So that's a problem. And it, it may not be a problem. It, it's... I don't think they could do that in the ACC either. I don't think they could do that in the Big Ten either. Or the Big 12, since two of the teams are now in the SEC, for all intents and purposes. <laughs> but
1: but it just seems like to me it, it is the, the Pac-12 has got a – image problem of exposure of getting out in front of those eyes. I didn't I didn't say that to embarrass those coaches. I'm sure there's some great coaches out of the Pac-12, but they just don't get that exposure. And and maybe that's some of it because of, you know, what we watch and how we consume. But look at the Pac-12 network. Who has
4: it? Nobody. No, that that's a fallacy from the previous administration that didn't understand sure. how to put that in front of people. Limited access ain't it. Uh, but at the same time, it, it has a little bit to do with the postseason. But it, it, at the end of the day, it's because Oregon or USC or Washington—they've all three had opportunities to take the reins, but then they let a Washington State come around, or an Oregon State come around, or a Utah cling too closely, and and it ends up blowing everything up, and they can't garner any momentum. No pun intended, Minshew. But it's it. Still, when it comes down to it, like with the ACC, you at least know what you're getting with Clemson. Yeah, it's an easy schedule. With the Big Ten, you know that it's Ohio State, but you know that they're going to have to work to get out of the conference. The Big 12, it's always going to come down to Texas, Oklahoma, or Iowa State now. And now that that's dissolving, that's a whole completely different conversation. But with the Pac-12, you, you absolutely cannot afford to bet money on who's going to win the Pac-12 championship because the winner of it is probably going to be 10-2. And, and And And... You you go through these different names like Jimmy Lake. We know
1: him as a defensive mind, as a defensive mind. When when you look at you know being there at UW, but it's not a guy that's going to overwhelm you with exposure. Uh, Mark Cristobal, you've already named. I'm just going through the list. Jonathan Smith
4: at Oregon State. That just sounds bland.
1: I mean, it it sounds as vanilla as you could possibly be. I'm sure Jonathan's a great guy. Uh, we know David Shaw. Justin Wilcox, he coached the California. Like, he's a head coach. Uh, Rolachevich. is that the way you say it? Nick Rolachevich? he's at Washington State. He's been his second year going into there. Uh, we know David Shaw. Uh, there was a Herm Edwards at Arizona State, because you know him from his NFL days. It, it, good name, good name. Uh, Kyle Whittingham. I didn't realize he had been there 17 years. At Utah, wow, that's – okay, okay.
4: Utah's a good little program. They
1: are. And Clay Helton from his ties back to the SEC. That's Chip Kelly. We, we know him. Uh, Carl Durrell at Colorado. I heard him speak last year. I was blown away. This guy may take something somewhere. Just – I was on a Zoom call. The Sean Alexander, the Will, Ale- Will Anderson was the freshman of the year. Right after that, Carl Durrell spoke. And Coach Stallings was actually a part of that conference. I'm going, hey, this, this guy, listen, I'm, I'm not saying Colorado's here to win a national title. I'm not, I'm not here to do that. But, but if you look at just a guy that you could kind of circle, um,
4: Jed Fish. Jed Fish. You know Jed? I mean, you don't hear that name one time and forget it. It's Jed Fish.
1: I'm sure Jed's a pretty good guy, but not a guy that's going to be on the front of ESPN or CBS Sports or anything else. We'll reconnect with Martin Houston coming up in a couple of seconds. Tide 100.9,
0: the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Passing shower or thunderstorm is possible this afternoon in spots otherwise mostly sunny. Highs near 93. For tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with the isolated shower or storm possible by afternoon. Highs near 95. I'm meteorologist J.P. Spann on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The host of the game, Ryan Fowler, and the host of the Martin Houston show, Martin Houston, have Find to offer a show filled with in-depth analysis of Alabama football and more. Alabama Tradition broadcasts live on Tide 100.9 every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. And is available live and on playback on numerous affiliates around the Southeast. Check out alabamatradition.com for a list of affiliates as well as other great content.
1: Continues. We roll that right into Alabama tradition—the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Hey, Martin, uh, I know that we lost you there for just a couple seconds, but you said you could hear everything. We were talking about the Pac-12 and the amount of exposure when you look at the eyes of college football on those guys. uh, Not a lot of coaches that you recognize and demand exposure.
2: Yeah, it's kind of funny you said. uh, Take the average fan that name four. uh, I would have been heart pressed to get the. Uh, four, I think I knew Whittingham, Shaw, uh, Cristobal, and Kelly. <laughs> the other guys I I may have to think about. Uh, so yeah, they they have they have several problems, Ryan. And of course, exposure, time they play, which which, but to me, you know, uh, and I think Jacob did a good job of describing. It is fun to watch a Pac-12. I mean, game. Would you agree with that, Jacob?
4: 100 percent you don't know what's going to happen
2: and so it's like it's fun to watch so why are you not exposing people to that by trying to go head-to-head with some of these other you know programs and other 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 things because i think people would watch it that's number one number two is ryan this new guy i don't even know the new commissioner's name but We'll just call
1: him George. George for uh, – the, the last name is a little tricky, but uh, George.
2: George George has made two, like, national comments. And I was talking to Jacob about this off the air. Ryan, he's trying to lower the bar. When they went to the 12 teams, he said, well, guarantee us that the top power five – I mean, all power fives are going to get in. If the top six conference champions – don't guarantee you that you're in. You don't deserve to be in if you're a Power Five conference. If you're not, if there's two group of five or none Power Five conferences rate, ranked higher than you, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. That I mean, you should not. That should not even be a concern. Make your programs better. I mean, when you get in, compete and win.
1: (laughs) Well, and and, and if you really want to be disappointed, let me start reading through coordinators out in the Pac-12.
2: Uh-oh.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you might be able to recognize one or two of those guys. That's it. It, It's just like – so, but think about in this league, Martin, that we are in right now, there is quality coordinators all over the SEC. All, and I think it's simply the demand uh, that they pay the coordinators to come here. I mean, why, why would you coach in the, in the Pac-12? Pay me money. Give me money. You'll attract the best coaches.
2: And, and now, you're going to that. You know, your winning has attracted the best players, and name, image, and likeness is going to help continue to attract to take the best players, the best coaches. And, Ryan, would you not say that what's-the-name may be, you know, he, he he's, he's kind of cutting his teeth and potentially the best commissioner. You know, he, he, he's come, come along and he's made some moves in the way he managed COVID and now pulling in Texas and Oklahoma. Do we have the best commissioner as well? If you take all of those things together, we have the best fan base, you're going to be better than everybody else.
1: It's a it's a you know recipe for success all right so Martin we have got about 30 seconds uh, so what's your plan you're gonna be down down there all week are you are you coming
2: back uh, maybe over the weekend um, I don't tell everybody all my business since you have me on the radio okay. but uh, I am gonna enjoy myself <laughs> okay, okay. I've already been down a little bit uh, drove back up uh, to, last night uh, to take care of some business spoke to a group of uh, Kids and uh, of course my district was having a vote today, so I um, so I voted and and all of that, and we'll see how that election turns out, and uh, and then the, yeah, so it was it was a crazy, but I am going to enjoy a couple of days with my lovely wife of of thirty one years and. And hopefully many more to come. So go, I appreciate you asking.
1: Go get some great food. I know that's one of, one of my favorite trips of going down there. I don't enjoy the beach as much, but I do love the food. Uh, that's Mark. Well,
2: you, you have to pass Lambert. You know
1: what I mean? You know. Or oh, stop! Don't pass. Stop. Yeah, yeah. Don't pass them. Stop. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good one, Ryan. Thanks, Mark. We we appreciate you. Uh, no doubt, Alabama tradition: the past, present, future. The Alabama Crimson Tide. We'll do it again next time. I'll see you tomorrow, two o'clock here on Tide 100.9
0: She had to ride the heated passion like a comet burning
4: bright. Rushing it along in the wind. Out we're all in dreams that been burning both into the night. Rushing it long.
1: É